Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 146, The Great Upgrade. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. Thank you for spending this time with me today. And we're going to be talking about upgrading our DNA, rewiring our body, why that's essential at this time. But before I get there, there's a few other thoughts I want to share with you, things that have come up during the week. So first of all, after my last podcast, Coming Home, I was asked by a friend, does this mean that when someone passes over and doesn't come back after as in a near-death experience, do they have that same experience? And my understanding of having worked with spirits all my life and talked to spirits who have passed over, including my own family and friends, yes, they do. The same experiences happen, maybe over a more prolonged period of time, but the idea of meeting loved ones and feeling loved and feeling connected and feeling unified and a life review where you see the opportunities that you took and you didn't and also feeling into how it affected other people through your actions and many a time we want to consider whether or not someone reincarnates do they come back and if you believe in reincarnation yes there's no reason why someone isn't already back on this planet but one of my experiences is that once we move out of this physical body we also have an experience of understanding that we never went anywhere. We think we you know, left our place of creation, whether that's heaven or whatever you describe it as, but we, we never left. It was just that we entered into, we could say this holographic vision, or we entered into a certain story. We lived there for a certain time. So when we pass over, we have that experience of, wow, I've been here all the time and if I choose another story or another life, then that's available to me. Or I may actually shift who or where I choose to be, where my soul chooses to be, which may mean that I no longer live in this particular dimension or this particular universe. So in my experience of talking and sharing with spirits who have passed over, some of them stay around the earth, some of them stay to help us as earth beings. Um, some of them are helping people who pass over. Some of them are learning the new things, but some of them just disappear because they have disappeared into other dimensions, etc. of which we have the capability of doing even while we're still in our body, but our mind tells us that perhaps we can't. So the idea of someone just repeating a cycle or coming back here to do another life on earth isn't actually a reality because as I explained, earth is actually just a place of consciousness, a place we've created to have these experiences. And so we, yes, we may go to other planets, but really what we're doing is just entering another film set, another movie set or another holographic set as I'm trying to describe and making that choice to do that. The second thing I wanted to talk about was the Mandela effect. I I'd heard about this and it just fitted in a little bit to what I was wanting to share with you in terms of the Mandela effect is that 
if you ask certain groups of people what happened to Mandela, there are a group that believe that he died in prison, never got out of prison in the mid-90s, and that that's how it ended. But other people say, well, no, he got out of prison, he then became the president, and he died much later. And this Mandela effect was picked up around, I think, 2003, when they were asking questions, what do you know about President Mandela? What do you know about Nelson Mandela? And there was a definite difference in people's opinions about what happened to this man. And there are many examples. If you want to go online, you'll see that many people are talking about maybe more grammatical errors where people think, well, did they say that or did they not? It, it was minor points. But I think what's interesting is I've also been looking at that when we, we can change our past, all right? So that you may have a memory of something happening in your childhood, but there may come a point where you start to understand the whole story that you remember from a different perspective. So let's say you, you, you put yourself in the position of your father or your mother or your brother or your sister who were there at the time, and you say, wow, from my perspective, I don't know, uh, I thought that uh, I got left behind, you know, everybody else went off to do something, I got left behind, I'll tell that story. But actually, when you listen to the story from another point of view, maybe what happened was you didn't get left behind, you wandered off somewhere, they couldn't find you, and everybody was desperately looking for you. So one story was, everybody abandoned me. The other story was I abandoned everybody else and everybody was desperate and they couldn't find me. But we may carry the story of, oh, I was abandoned, people left me behind. But when we see it from another perspective, we see that maybe a, another truth. And literally what happens as we embody a new truth, then our story of our past changes. And it changes so significantly that we can't actually remember the original past story. And I find that fascinating because so many times we think that our story is real. It's only, our past is only as real as to the energy we're carrying in this moment. And this is really what came up for me when I was thinking about the Mandela effect. You know, why would people want to believe he died in, in, in prison? Maybe those people believe that because they believe that he never received justice or that, um, that he was never going to be able to achieve more or he was hurt or wounded. And that then reflects their story. Now, another story, you know, it might just be a story that he did get released and he did become president and he brought a lot about a lot of change. Maybe that's the you believe that because that's the way you would want things to go. So we can change our past by changing the viewpoint of that story. And sometimes, as some of you have done family constellation work or psychodrama where or gestalt where you've set yourself into a, somebody else, what would this have looked like from, as I say, a parent's point of view? And you go, wow, I saw it completely differently. I thought this was all about me, <laughs> and it was nothing about me. But because we, we subjectify everything, when something happens, we then come up with the idea that this must be something I did wrong. 
And there were many children, for instance, or people who carry their inner child wounding when perhaps someone dies or perhaps um, they were given away or, um, so, you know, the belief that in those first five years our belief systems really get solidified. And so it can be that your parent did something which they thought was the best for you, but you took on the idea that, again, I don't know, they gave you up for adoption or they gave you away or they didn't love you. And, and we carry that and then we start to formulate our life based on those beliefs. So everybody we meet, we're waiting for them to abandon us. But when we see it from maybe, as I say, another person's point of view, literally our belief system shift and we go, oh my goodness, I, I had the wrong perspective on this. And we then can no longer remember that past story that literally, it's like wiping out a line wiping out a storyline uh, it, it's literally you're getting an eraser and it's like well that's gone and it's like wow where did that go it's it no longer exists so when we choose to change our present thinking literally that storyline or that song line disappears all right so nothing is set in stone and i i find that exciting so those were two points that i wanted to bring up to really say to you that things are moving so fast now that different perspectives need to be brought into view. So looking at it from other people's point of view is really helpful. Remember I talked about having someone shine a light on our life and saying, well, maybe if you looked at it from here, ah, yes, that's the holographic effect. My third point, which really ties into that is, I am a Gemini, as you know, so I do tend to ask questions. But many a time I say to someone, what was going on when you got sick? You know, that's my favorite question. And they say, well, I can't remember. And it's like, okay, I want you to remember. So we're talking about 1985 or we're talking about when you were 33 or whatever it was. And they go, oh, well, this was happening. This was significant. And I know sometimes I can be a bit of a pain in the neck because I'll say, tell me what was going on then. And so let me just get it clear. You were four years old when this happened, two years old. These these timings are not it's not about the timing but they're like a, a crossroads or a linear path so when we can go back to those moments and say what was happening in that moment it often allows us as i'm talking about to go back to that moment to meet that four-year-old and say and if i was to look at my life or from their someone else's perspective how would that have changed literally it's a time of okay which choice will i make will i continue the path of being the wounded child or will I continue the path of I don't know being the love child you know what was really going on here sometimes we're so stubborn we don't want to experience that no my mother or father couldn't have loved me if they did this well no they did or, or not or maybe it's wow I thought my parents loved me and they allowed that to happen <laughs> so again we get a different perspective on it it's not always just joy in life sometimes I say to people you do realize that, that your parents should have been there for you. You were only four years old. It's like, oh, should they? You know, so sometimes we need to, to remind ourselves that a four-year-old does not have the mindset of an adult or a three-year-old, etc. And that often we take on those emotions or those beliefs without really seeing that we've brought an adult perspective where that child is lost in some other dream. So I, I wanted to bring all of that in because I talked, this is about the great upgrading. 
And what's happening as I'm describing all of this is that there is a lot of downloading of information, upgrading of information, new software about who we are. So we're having to fit a whole lot of new information into what has been a really, fairly limited box. It's almost like having now, you know, 200 television stations all coming into a box that we only used to receive two into. And so what I'm watching is people struggling with this upgrade. How can this fit into my larger box? And you might say, well, what is this? I could just say new consciousness. And what I'm trying to say to you is don't try and hack, because if you say, well, tell me exactly what's coming in, then you're already belittling it. You're already making it small because you're trying to once again fit it into the mindset that already is there. And if I say you don't know and you can't even understand it at this moment, but your heart understands it and your DNA understands it, then let go. Allow it to trickle in at a level that is acceptable. And you may have had this experience yourself. I've had it where I have a dream and I know it's a profound dream and I wake up and it's there, a profound dream, and then it's lost. Yes, I could write it down in that moment, but I don't. But the fact of the matter is it's almost like I've received the information, I've downloaded the information, but my little brain is not ready to integrate it all. Have you had that where you feel you've almost gone to school or you've been talking these amazing wise beings, but as yet it's not containable or not, you know, it cannot be translated as such. And so we, there's times and then it is translated. And a lot of the times the best information is that that you can't understand, where there aren't words that you understand. So I've been listening to someone talk about how many people are at the moment, young and, and old, are receiving what they call light language. Some of you may have heard about this. Literally being having a language, a voice, a song being channeled through them while they're doing healing work or they end up doing healing work because of this experience. But the, the, the words are not understandable. And I had a friend who literally taught the language of light, she called it, or the light language. And she went through a really big process to get to where she was. Literally, she had pain in her mouth and because her mouth had to change, her jaw, her position of her tongue had to change in order to be able to formulate the language that was coming through. Now, I haven't always heard that that's necessary, but her words were so, the way the words were enunciated was so different from the way she usually spoke that she literally had to learn to change her mouth or change the way that her mouth formed. And when she, when this process ended, this language of light would come out and she would use it for healing for people. And the, it wasn't a healing as in, oh, let me, uh, let me say, I heal your knee or heal something. It was more about creating a, a pattern of consciousness. Again, I use a blueprint of consciousness, a holographic. So literally she was creating this bubble that I talked about last time, surrounding people in a bubble of consciousness. We could call it data, okay? And that data was significant to the individual that she was doing healing on. And the body, the DNA resonated with this data 
that was not in a language that anybody could understand, so the brain wasn't getting in the way, but it, it literally was in a frequency that her DNA said, oh, you know, my DNA when she did a healing on me was going, okay, yeah, I remember this. Okay, we're, we're going there. We know what this is. All right. So that I'm watching as people may come forward with artwork or language, as I'm talking about, sound, song, or writing even, where you can't, you don't know the language. It's in a sort of uh, hieroglyphic form, but again, it's not Egyptian. And some people have said, oh, this is Syrian writings come from Syria. So it comes from the Orion or it comes from Andromeda. It doesn't matter. It's really much more important that you don't understand. Because when we under we, we, we want to get a handle on it. What did you say then? Because then we can put it back into our little box and we can stay small. So many people are being um, given these gifts. Some of you may have had this where you're being woken up to be told to write something down or to draw something or to sing something or to say something, but it's in a language that it cannot be understood. Yes? And once what's really happening, it's not just so you can be a, healing for, a healer for someone else. It's literally you are being upgraded. So this whole upgrade is happening. We could call it rewiring. But I think the upgrade is more significant at the moment because the wiring is in place it's literally, if we send, as you know, if you have to upgrade your phone, literally you press that button and all of a sudden the upgrade has happened. But the phone itself has not really changed. But what is happening, well, you're still holding the phone and it's the same phone. You haven't had to send it to someone to be rewired. But what's happening is that I've become more aware that the DNA itself the DNA we often see as this double-strand DNA, and we say, okay, that's a chromosome, etc. But I want us to understand that the DNA is not one level. It's not just one piece of DNA. Just as what I've been told by my guides, it's just as I know that my aura or my physical, well, what, what I want to call it, my aura is made up of my physical form, my energy form, my etheric form, my emotional or astral body, my mental body, my soul body, my spiritual body, etc. In other words, I have all these different layers associated with who I am, and layers again, interacting layers. So is every DNA particle exactly the same. It's made up of many different frequencies. We can see it under a microscope, just as you could see a cell of my body under a microscope, but you couldn't see my my astral body under a microscope, all right? You, there are special cameras, as we know, curly and photography uh, allowed us to see deeper into the energy bodies of people. But truly, if I just took a piece of DNA, put it under a microscope, you'd say, there it is, it's just a third, you know, three-dimensional being piece of me, just as a cell looks the same way. But actually, we haven't got the mechanisms yet well, maybe we have, but to see that this piece of DNA is the most beautiful torus, T-O-R-U-S. It's spiraling. It's moving. It's not static. Just as my physical, my body, my aura is not static, constantly changing. Another analogy would be that a piece of DNA and the way it curls around itself or curls around two pieces is similar to the heart. The way the heart you might look at it and say, well, it's just a heart. But actually, when we see its energy, 
it is constantly moving. The energy is moving in what we call a torus form. What's a torus? It's like that donut. They often describe it, a ring donut. And people talk about the torus having energy going in the top and out the bottom. But the truth is it goes in the top, out the top, in the bottom, out the bottom. So torus is this three-dimensional, beautiful, self-generating energy field that exists within our heart, within our womb, within our DNA, within this, the center of the galaxy, uh, the center of our Earth, center of the sun. And these toruses interconnect with each other instantaneous. You, can't, you don't need to travel between you know, the Earth and the sun to get between. Literally, when you have one torus, you're literally connected to all tori. <laughs> so you have them all connecting. Now, I don't want to get too lost in that, but a torus is a light being. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a consciousness. It's, it's a constant, constantly conscious spiraling energy. And what I'm really wanting to say is that in this upgrading of our DNA, just as my phone is upgraded, I would say that the, maybe I'm right or wrong, but the phone already has the capacity to be upgraded. Even though, you know, the phone company may come out with a new upgrade, what it's really doing is in some ways triggering an upgrade of the old experience and already there was a blueprint for this new upgrade now maybe i'm you might say no that isn't the way it works chris <laughs> but i want to say if i come back to my dna and your dna is just um, your phone i'm saying your my dna is already programmed with the blue with the blueprint of the potential of this upgrade so it's, all, it's been waiting there been sitting there and that is being upgraded at this time so i could you know i could say there are 12 levels to every chakra layers like a flower with one shark one layer of uh, a flower inside another petals inside petals and i feel i feel very strongly that if I looked at a piece of DNA or a torus, as I'm saying, I'm trying to describe them all together, that there are layers to this. It's not just a, a one-leveled energy. It's literally things that are layered on others at octaval, at multiple octaves. So coming back to my upgrade, at this moment, the DNA, which I really want to make sure that I if, don't confuse you, but the DNA has within it the potential to be upgraded to a new level of frequency, probably the next octave up, all right, or the next octaves. Now, why would it do that? If you understand the DNA, we say, well, the DNA makes me who I am. It makes me look who I am. But it's more than that. The DNA, as you know, only 8% of it is actually making my color of my hair and my proteins, etc. We've always said 91%, 92% made up of junk DNA. 50% of that junk DNA is, comes from previous viral infections. And that viral infection is when we engage with the genetic information of that virus, it literally upgrades us. Okay, so I know you're all like now, whoa, she's talking about viruses. <laughs> well, be careful. We're talking about this. So now we are saying, okay, so whatever we might think about the coronavirus, there is something happening here where we, it is actually helping us 
to upgrade. And I was talking to a friend yesterday, a dear friend, who said in his experience, the light beings often use the experiments of the dark beings to actually move people further into the light. In other words, just because we often say, well, this is, maybe this virus was manipulated and created in a laboratory, it, who made them decide to do that? And I keep saying this in my podcast, I see everything has two sides to it, at least. That just because we see something happening, it doesn't mean it only has one potential. Sometimes we, the light beings use what we may see as a more negative force to actually create expansion of consciousness. And we've seen that over and over again. And I feel that the last 18 months, etc., we have seen such an awakening of consciousness in a way we would never have seen had we not seen the COVID virus. All right. So whether that was the intention of the people who created the virus in the laboratory, I don't think it was. But they too have been used <laughs> to awaken humanity without even knowing that was what was going to happen. All right. So this upgrade actually was like, it's almost like putting a virus inside a virus. It opened us up rather than closes, opened up that junk DNA. It opened us up. And I, I, like many others, I hear people saying, well, when's it all going to happen? When's someone going to come and save us or whatever? Or when's... And what I keep hearing, again, if anybody was going to come and save or do something, it's we're still coming from the place of powerlessness. If we believe we need to be saved or uplifted, then we're still believing we're powerless. What I'm hearing from my guides is this is a time where it is not about a group or an individual coming to save. It's about everybody awakening to their own choices. And I love it when people tell me, yes, I've, I'm making this choice to do this. It doesn't matter what it is, but making their own choice. So what they're telling me, my guides, is that actually if only one person came and tried to move people, they would move a few, but they may even just drift back again to the old pattern. This great awakening and this great upgrade has to happen at an individual level to create a collective and long-lasting move. All right, so never think that you have no power. Every one of us who is choosing what I say is to lay our piece of the jigsaw down on this earth, to make a stand, to, to, to live by our passion of our soul, every one of us who does that is changing the whole paradigm and the whole way we live our lives, which is very exciting. All right. And even though, as I heard, that there were already plans underfoot at the end of 2019 to create a vaccine against COVID, and yes, you did hear me right, 2019, it didn't matter because even though there were those who thought they were very clever and had tricked everybody, I believe that they too did not understand who influenced them to start looking at a vaccine before we even thought there was a problem. I could go down that road, but truly the truth is all of this started way, way back, even at the times where a patent was created for COVID back in 2017, which is totally illegal to 
to invent a patent against something that is a virus. That being said, so there are times in our life where we are awakened. And this is what I'm wanting to come to. So apart from the fact when my phone or my phone says to me, it's time for an upgrade, we are knowing that inside ourselves. I meet many people who say, you know, I feel there's something changing. Is that right? Are you feeling that there's something happening? I'm, I'm yearning for something, but I don't know what it is. Follow that yearning, follow that. I meet people who are saying, I'm bored. I mean, I could do this, but I'm really not liking it anymore. Or, and if you're bored, change. If you're getting lost in things like um, internet or watching television too much, you're bored. Move on. <laughs> okay. Now, other ways in which upgrades are happening, I've already talked about uh, light of language, light, uh, music, sound, listen, looking at art, looking at symbols such as in the crop formations. Symbols, light, sound are the way in which we are awoken. So sometimes you, uh, you're looking at something and you don't know what's happened, but you already feel that shift, yes? Now I'm going to just talk about another way, because if someone just tells you something, it doesn't always work. There has to, it needs to touch us at a real deep archety archetypical level, which is the sim language of symbols, light, and color, and sound. All right. Years ago, I was introduced to the idea of taking ayahuasca, and this was years ago. And what I heard inside myself was, you need to take this because you've become too complete. And so I was invited to go down to Brazil and to run a course. Some of you might have been on that course with me. And together, we took the ayahuasca and the very watchful eyes of uh, a wonderful shaman and psychologist down there, a very safe place. And what happened in the first instant of the taking of the ayahuasca, I experienced uh, a lot of different images and there was a lot of teaching going on, a lot of teaching about changing of reality and, and how paths were being formed at that time, but they were also being taken apart. In other words, I see that now that where people may have thought they could continue a path, that path, that door is now closed. And I will say, just taking a little bit of a sideline from my ayahuasca, I was recently at Upheaval Rock with a dear friend, and the message I received there was that the dark forces, and there are forces who are very dark only because they live in the darkness, but they live on other people's fears. They were finding that the roots they'd usually taken into other people's fears, into people's fears, and to be able to feed on that were being closed. And they weren't being closed necessarily by you know, ETs or guides. They were being closed by us. We're like, no, not going to do that anymore. So collectively, we're making choices to say, I'm not going to live in that old paradigm. I'm not going to be scared by my life. I'm not going to give my power away to someone. I'm going to respect myself. I'm going to love myself. And when we do that, the collective energy pours in and closes the door. Does that make sense? So they can't come in and close doors. That's going against our free will. But when we say, I'm ready to close a door, you might notice that door is shut with a slam. And it's shut with a slam, not only for us, but for everybody who ever felt the same way. So what I saw in this ayahuasca 
trip, <laughs> meditation, was very much about how we, when we close a door and we do it with a, a real conscious energy, we literally close the door for everybody who's ever had that same experience, past and future. And that's amazing. So when we talk about if I heal myself, I heal the last seven generations and the next seven generations, it's literally when we go to that depth of healing and we focus on one thing, literally that again is erased out of history. We change the past, we change the future. You see what I'm saying? So this ability for us to do our own healing, but to literally say, I'm upgrading the way in which humanity has existed or allowed a door to remain open is happening now. We are closing doors. We are saying, I will no longer give energy to that. And when we're doing that, it's not that we're against someone. We're just saying that is no longer part of my existence and it's no longer a part of existence I want for anybody else. So it's not attacking someone. It's just not feeding it anymore. That's important. So that was my first ayahuasca meditation. A lot of teachings, which I, I can't actually remember all of them, but it was very visual. The second one was much more challenging because I took a higher dose. <laughs> and it was very much the whole teaching was about staying in my center, staying in my center, stay where I am. And that if I get out of my center, and then I find that I, you know, I, I lose myself. So it was really coming home, come home, stay centered. Stay grounded, stay rooted, stay centered, keep your focus. And the, in the third one, which was a lower dose, which was wiser, I saw images. And one of the images I saw was this D, literally uh, the letter D. But it was so symbolic because it reminded me of the shape of the, I was born on what they call an avenue, all right? And so there was a road and then there was this, curve which was an avenue where you literally could go in one end of the road and come out on lower down on this other road so it created this shape d now i had never ever thought about this shape d before i mean it wasn't something i'd looked at maps and thought wow that looks like a d i, I think some people you might call it a crescent or a, i forget what the other names for it but literally you would go in and on one level of a road and come out on another level and this created this shape but in this meditation, I saw this letter D over and over again. And I thought, why am I seeing this? It was just like, it was so recognizable. And you know, you go, okay, it's recognizable. But you're like, when afterwards you think, why am I seeing this? And I also saw clowns. Now, some of you may have an issue with clowns. I don't have an issue, but I saw them in this meditation. I saw a few other things, but it was those two things that I wanted to talk about. So much after that ayahuasca i changed so that idea of being complete i was almost opened up many things happened to me after that many more memories came up that had to be sorted um, many more wonderful experiences came out because i was now open to new things so about the time i married my lovely leland so this idea of i was too complete i was too shut you know, I thought I'd reach my, my end when really I needed to be blown open by this ayahuasca. And I want to say it wasn't necessarily an experience that I want to repeat because I went so far out of my body that I had to really call on my guides and my loved ones to keep me in my body so I wouldn't get, lose touch with where I was going. This is someone who had never taken any drugs in my life. 
But I always will thank this plant medicine, which is what it was. And I kept hearing in my mind, it's plant medicine. It's been used for thousands of years. Keep taking it. Keep doing this, Chris. You're going to be okay. But I, I was, I was taken to such wonderful places. Many of them were way out of my body, but that was fine. I got back inside. I'm all fine. People who choose to do ayahuasca or anything else, that's their choice. But remembering to go in with an intention about what is it you're wanting to get out. I wanted to expand myself. I wanted to break out of my completeness that I'd heard about. Now, to finish this off then, I was listening to Mary Rodwell, who I may have mentioned last time. Mary Rodwell is someone who has worked with a lot of abductees, people who have had experience with ETs, some who had a physical experience, some who have just had a sleep experience or a, another experience, and many of them are children. So before we go into, oh, well, it's just an adult, many of these children come back out of a dream or out of having seen someone and, and having these experiences. So again, someone really interesting to look at. She spoke about how we are being, many of these experiences, as they call them, are saying we are being up graded we are being updated it's time and that we are we're finding keys to unlock doors that have been locked inside us all the things i'm talking about we are shutting doors again we're letting go of the past that doesn't need to be there anymore so we're changing things that in our lives so we actually have the clearest channel we can be and at the same time our dna is awakening to the levels that are already available to us the blueprint that's inside us but has been asleep that's why I'm coming all the way around to saying that. And she spoke about how the three things that she said will be awakening symbols were owls, yes, the bird and the owl, clowns, and orbs. She didn't talk about my D, but that's where I was seeing that a symbol had awakened me. The clown had awakened me, an owl and then the orbs and she's i think what i really took from that because i know many people have seen orbs or they see owls or they might you might see a different bird or a, when you see something that is so striking to you and it might not it might be like me something that is not typical like a d might be a raven it might be a hawk it might it's like it's like the key that says ah oh, yes now what did i remember you understand it's like someone striking a tuning fork and you like, I know that sound. I don't know where, but I've heard it before. And that is the frequency of awakening and upgrading that's happening at the moment. So I would love to hear from any of you who talk about what is it that has happened to you that's woken you up. It can be that you just say, well, I saw some pretty um, animals or butterflies or dragonflies. And you say, well, that was wonderful. But can you think of a significant moment? And it may have been thinking you saw an ET or you saw a spirit or something that was like, oh, my God, if that, that experience just woke me up. And it was like seeing a symbol or hearing a sound. I won't repeat myself because this is what's happening. And what she explains that when one person is woken up, we literally change our frequency, our DNA changes its frequency. And that then means that other people will resonate with our raised frequency, our expanded frequency. So we become wake awakeners just because it's like a frequency change. You, I'm sure you've met people 
who you went, I don't know what it was about that person, but I changed after meeting them. I only met them for five minutes. So that's what I want to leave with us. Our soul is looking to expand. Our DNA has this potential. DNA is literally carrying all the information about who we are. It wants to say, your soul wants to say, I want to express myself through all of that information. I want to be fully conscious. And this upgrading is happening now. People are feeling tired. Other things are happening. And the body, some people's bodies are not adapting as quickly. And I've mentioned before, the more flexible you are, the less, if I may say, toxic experiences you're having taking into your body, whether it's through food or drugs or vaccines, etc. But the, the more flexible your body is to say, this is what I need, this isn't what I need, the more, the easier our upgrade. And the young children coming in, she said, the children born after 2000 are already upgraded. So, the, you know, this is, again, a reason why children under the age of 20 really are not getting affected by this virus, because it doesn't, it literally can't find uh, a lock to go into. So you've got a new key, but once you upgrade the old viruses, there's no place for, you know, can't fit into that anymore. There is no lock. If that makes sense. So this new upgrade shuts doors to the old viruses that could have done damage. And that's why the children of today and uh, the young children are not getting affected. There you go, my friends. I hope that's interesting to you. I love sharing all these things that I'm learning. Let's say yay to the upgrade, yay to anything that's happening, even though you might feel uncomfortable in your body as it's happening but yay to where we are going collectively as a oneness in our love and acceptance of diversity to bring wholeness. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcasts on YouTube. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.